God, this week I put my hope in money. Since I have so little of it, I have little hope. I put my hope, and I didn't even realize it, in being an American and being free and having a stable economy. And when it starts to flounder and when things start to go crazy, I realize I've put my hope in the wrong place. So right here today, God, we anybody who's put their hope in the wrong place today, we take it out of that and put it back in you where it belongs. It might sound churchy, it might sound cheesy, we might not even know exactly what that means, but God, we, we know that the things that we have counted on for joy and peace in our lives are shaky at best. So God, would you bring us stability today? Would you give us truth in the midst of so many lies? Would you make it clear? God, I thank you for my friends today and the way that they have showed up here today in the midst of so many other things. Pray that you would be honored by that today and you would bless them in your son's name. Amen. So we're starting a series today called I Quit. And when you see this, um, my initial reaction, um, I, I thought this was a really good title until my wife looked at it on the table and said, are you telling people to quit? <laughs> like, well, no, I... Oh, Ah, yeah, I need to explain that. I'm not telling you to give up. That's not what this is. This, is, this series is getting us ready to jump into a, a whole new effort that we've been talking about over the past few weeks. We get to January this year. If you've ever done a New Year's resolution, um, you, you know exactly where I'm headed with this. We get to January this year at New Life. We are not going to do New Year's resolutions. We're not. I'm going to ask you not to do a New Year's resolution this year. And we're, I know we're a ways out from that, but I want you to plan on it. And because the reason is that they say 60% of New Year's resolutions are gone by February 1st, and 75% are gone by March 1st, and 90% are gone by the end of March. Just gone. They don't work. We know they don't work. No New Year's resolutions this year. We're going to change what we're, going to, what we're doing around here when it comes to the new year. That said, we want a fresh start at the beginning of the year this year. We're going to have this really cool event. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's going to be the, I, I haven't actually picked the, the actual date yet, but I'll probably announce that next week or the following week. Uh, we're, we're just going to come and we're going to kind of make this year commitment together. A full year. And now you don't have to make the commitment, when you, but you can kind of see what it is. It's five different areas in our life that we want to get better. Now, even if you're not a Jesus follower, even if you're not sure you believe all this stuff, these are five areas of your life that you want to be better in. Everybody does. And we're going to get better together. I'm, I'm getting really, really excited about this. But before we do that, I've realized that we need to get a really good understanding of what it means to be better and what it means to, to move forward in our lives. And so I put this series together called I Quit because I've seen so many people who want to quit something. And I do too. Whether it's quitting smoking, whether it's quitting gossip, whether it's quitting that dependence that you have on your spouse or on your money or on your stuff to make you happy. Maybe it's just quitting the way you think. Maybe it's quitting the way you eat. Whatever it is, there's so many of us in and Christian people are not exempt from this. In fact, I see it just as much in Christian people as I do in non-Christian people. These habits that we have or these patterns that we have in our life that we want to quit, and we at some point end up going, I quit trying to quit. 
And I've even heard this, and this is what's caused me to write this series. I've even heard this. I've just realized, I heard this twice, two different people said this kind of a sentence. I've just realized that I'm a smoker. It's just who I am. I've just realized that, that I'm just a gossiper. That's who I am. And I, that drives me nuts because God says it's not who you are. It's not about who you are. In fact, it's as far from who he built you to be as can be. So we're going to take back control of who we are. And as we do that, I'm going to give you some practical things. Now, if you're listening online or if you're, you're kind of hesitant about church, you're probably going to go, yeah, these are going to be these weird spiritual things that don't mean anything to my life and they're maybe motivate me but aren't going to give me any steps. I'm going to give you some practical today things you can do every single one of the sermons I preach. And if you want to, if you've got friends that are dealing with these things, send them out to the website, bring them to church, whatever you can do over the next few weeks, we are going to be digging into these things. Because here's what I hate about church experience in most cases. One of the things I hate the most started with me, actually, in Boy Scouts. Now, I know that there are some of you in this place, Nathan included, that love the Boy Scouts and have had a great experience with the Boy Scouts. My experience with the Boy Scouts... Not so much. When I was in fifth grade, I had a whole bunch of friends of mine that were in the Boy Scouts, and they sold it to me like this. They said, John, you've got to join the Boy Scouts. I said, Why would I join the Boy Scouts? Because you get to learn things like how to make a fire, how to kill animals in the woods with sharp sticks and make your own stuff. You get to go camping. You get to do that kind of stuff. You get to do, like, race these cars. It's the most awesome thing. I'm like, Wow. I get, to, I get to do all that stuff. That sounds pretty cool. So, all right, I'll, I'll sign up for Boy Scouts. So I went to Boy Scouts, and I, I got this little vest. And I was like, all right, show me the fire. Where are the sharp sticks? What are we doing? And I kid you not, the very first thing we did in Boy Scouts was we took a bowling pin. It was around Thanksgiving, and we made a turkey out of it. <laughs> I went, all right, maybe I just started on a bad week, all right? So we'll make the stinking turkey. It's cute, all right? So we finish, and Dad said, how was Boy Scouts? Well, we, we made a turkey. We didn't shoot the turkey. We didn't kill the turkey. We just made a turkey. Dad said, well, maybe it'll be better next week. So the next week, I go back. The next week, it got worse. The next week, they had me memorize something. It was like school. I didn't want to do that. They had me memorize like a pledge, and I had to do something. And like, what is this? This is not killing things. This is not campfires and blowing up stuff. This is not what I was sold on. The third week, I went back, and I had this little vest, and they said, you're going you're gonna to get badges. I went, we don't need no stinking badges, you know? We don't, we don't, I don't, I, I didn't understand the whole badge thing, and besides that, my mom is good at a lot of things, but all the rest of the moms seem to be good at sewing, and you had to sew these patches on. I don't know if they're still like that or not, but you used to have to sew the patches on this little brown vest you had. Well, I went, and all my buddies have been in for a long time. They're just full of patches, you know, and I've got a brown vest, you know. And so I, I get my first patch. It's like, I don't remember what it was. It was like a make a turkey out of a bowling pin patch. I don't know what it was. But my, my, I took it home, and my mom doesn't know how to sew. So she did the duct tape trip. She rolled it up, duct taped it to my chest. So now I go back to Boy Scouts, I got one brown vest with a patch hanging sideways, hanging off like this, you know, because it's duct taped on. That was my Boy Scouts experience, far from what I was sold on. Now, I know there are good Boy Scout experiences, but I had a bad one. And I'm telling you, this happens with church and Christianity all the time. Somehow, you, sitting in the pew today, will at some point tell someone, that church will change your life. 
It will change your life. It will make you so different. You will never believe how it will change your life. And somebody will go, well, man, I, I give up on everything else, so I'm going to go to church. And they come, and they hear songs they don't understand because they're not written for them, which is okay, but they, they're like, okay, well, all right, maybe it's a bowling pin turkey, but we'll keep going because I'm desperate. So then they, they move on, and they hear a preacher talk about the kinds of things that they think that preachers talk about, church and God and those kinds of things. And they think, I would even endure the preacher if it will really change who I am as a person. And they walk out the door, and they see you and you and you and the preacher being just like the rest of the world. No change evident at all. We even do things like this. Come make badges with us. You get a Bible study badge. You get a worship leader badge. You get a I taught Sunday school badge. I taught kids badge. I did the mall badge. And pretty soon people just start going, yeah, this is like school. This is like the rest of my life. This is like the rest of the world. Why would I need this? I'll sleep in on Sunday mornings and I don't need to be a part of this. And they have missed because you have missed the point of following Jesus. That's a harsh way to start this sermon, isn't it? But let me tell you why I started the sermon this way. I'm going to get a phone call from the Boy Scouts. But Because here's the thing. I believe you have it in you. And I'm not saying this because I'm a preacher. I'm not selling you anything. You don't have to put a dime in the offering plate because of this. I am telling you today, I believe with everything in my heart that you have the power in you to be exactly who you want to be. I believe it. I believe it strongly. I don't believe that who you are is a gossiper. I don't believe that who you are is a broken smoker addicted to this and to that. I don't believe that that's who you are inherently. In fact, I believe it's the exact opposite of who you are. And if you take the right steps, now I'm not talking about nicotine patches, although that might be part of it. I have a good friend that every time I think about nicotine patches, I know he went to his dad one, one year, this is about 15 years ago, when, when it was really starting to get heavy in people that smoking was going to kill you, you know? And they were really starting to understand this. And my buddy went home to his dad and he said, Dad, I mean, his, he was like four packs a day, like chain, constant chain smoking. In the middle of the night, he'd get up and smoking. And he, he just smoked all the time. And he said, Dad, you're going to die. They had, this, they had this intervention. And his dad said, all right, I'm going to quit. And I went home with, with him from uh, school one day and he was telling me, my dad's quitting. And we walked in, his dad, kid you not, sitting with two nicotine patches on this arm, two nicotine patches on this arm, two packs full packs of nicotine gum that he had chewed and smoking a cigarette. (laughs) And he said, quitting is just hard. And the truth is, it is. And what I'm going to ask you to do over this next few weeks, it's funny because my sermon title is I Quit, but I'm not going to ask you to just stop doing something. Whatever it is that came to your mind when I talked about bad habits and the the people that we don't want to be, I'm not going to ask you to stop doing that. I'm going to ask you to change who you believe you are from the inside. Now, here's why I'm going to do that. I love this quote. This quote is not from the Bible. Let me just start by saying that. First Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> this, this quote is not from the Bible, but I believe absolutely for it to be true. And here's what it says. If you want something you've never had, just plug in whatever life that you think you've wanted, whatever, whatever the hope, the joy, the peace that you think you wanted. If you want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. I'm going to say it again because I so believe this is true. If you want something you've never had, 
you must be willing to do something you've never done. It means this. If you want to be somebody you've never been, you have to be willing to do something you've never done. Here's what happens every day. Every day in your life and in my life and in my friend's life, and I see it over and over again. At the end of the day, that bad habit, that one thing that you can't quit, that, those lifestyles, those things, things that you don't want to be, you know you're not. End of the night, you say, tomorrow I'm going to try harder. I'm going to work harder. And you get up in the morning and it lasts a half hour. Because the problem is not about trying hard. The problem is today, it's, I'm not going to ask you to work harder. I'm not going to ask you to try harder to stop the things in your life. I'm not going to ask you to try harder to stop the habits. I'm going to ask you to do life differently than you've ever done. And if you don't understand that today, if you're going, you know what, this sounds spiritual to me, it is, but if you think it sounds weird, if you're not even sure about the Jesus thing, I want to tell you this, you can keep trying the things that you've been trying, but unless you're ready to try something different, you can expect the same results. It's human nature. They used to say it was the... the, the uh, the epitome of insanity, yeah, or the definition of stupidity or insanity, was to continue to do the same thing over and over expecting different results. But it's what we do. So I'm going to ask you to hold your lifestyle loosely today. Everything you do, I'm going to ask you to hold it loosely and go, would I be willing to not just stop smoking, to not just stop the gossip, to not just stop being dependent on this one thing or living... But would I be willing to actually uproot the way I do my life completely? Because if you're willing to do that, it will change you. The Bible talks about living close to God. And when it talks about living close to God, it doesn't talk about a whole system of steps that you need to follow and a list of things that you need to do to be close to God. It's not that at all. It's almost like if you're not going in the direction that God has intended for you to go, you're going against the grain, against the stream. It's almost like if you, if you cut wood, if you've uh, ever used an axe and, and chopped wood, you know that you, you never want to cut, you never want to chop the, the wood against the grain. It's, a, it's worthless. It's a, a mess trying to do that. It, but if, as, soon as, you put, as soon as you put the wedge in the right place, or you put the, the axe in the right place in the wood, one chop and it's with the grain and it, it does what it's supposed to do. That is a picture of your life. God has created a path. He's created a grain in life. And most of us are going against the grain in our life. Most of us spend our lives trying to find a better way than God has developed to do life. And it's caused us to go against the grain and it's caused us to make things so much harder than they are. So check this out. I'm going to ask you to quit going it alone. Because when you choose, when you choose to do it with God in the center of your life and when you choose to do it with people around you, it changes everything. Just ask any one of the ladies who was out at Jack family Craig, or Jack's family Craig, Jack's family camp last night, Jack Craig's family camp um, near Crane Naval Base. It, it's an amazing camp. It's beautiful. And it's really fun. I went out there when it first opened. Jack's one of my clients. And I went out there, and I was by myself, and I walked through it. It was really neat. And it was just pretty. And, you know, it's kind of neat to be by yourself in a big place like that. But when I went out there yesterday, and there were 20 women in the place, it seemed like there were 75. And there was this buzz. There was this, I, I'm just going to say, it was weird. 
When you're coming from the world, which is where I was coming from, I'm coming from the hectic, take the kids here and do this and bring the pizzas. I was bringing pizzas. I had seven pizzas in my car, and I was trying to get the kids here and trying to get the kids here and trying to do this. And I walked in the door, and there was this weird feeling of happiness, and it almost made me mad. Like, you guys have been happy in here for 24 hours, and I've been getting pizzas, you know? Here's what happened to you yesterday, ladies. You got with the grain. You've been going against the grain all week. That's why you're worn out. Because you try to chop wood against the grain, you will get worn out. You did life with the grain yesterday. Now, here's what happens, and this is what's going to happen to you if you're not careful. Yesterday was great. At the end of the day, you're going to feel it. Lee already said, I felt it all afternoon because you're still with the grain. One person says one thing, and your mind goes, ooh. And guess what you do? I'm going against the grain again. And that's why you can feel good. That's why you can be moving. That's why you can feel like life. Life's never easy. But tell me this. Was a life a little easier yesterday for you ladies? Was it almost like your problems didn't go away, but there is an ease with which you can move in your life when you're going with the grain. That goes away when you step against the grain. I'm trying to make this as practical as possible. This is the biblical understanding of following God. It's not a list of rules. It's a way to live your life. So check this out. Jesus says this. Stop going it alone. Stop trying to be a better person. Stop working at quitting the things all by yourself. Because here's what Jesus says. This is the way I want you to live your life. Remain in me. Plug into me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is served severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful. These things, the person you want to be cannot happen, Jesus says, unless you're plugged into me. It's like a fruit, it's like an apple trying really hard to be an apple without a branch to be attached to. It won't happen. He says, you need to be plugged in to me. Check out this piece of scripture. And if you're dealing with a lot of things right now, if you're trying to quit something, if you've got a habit, if you've got a lifestyle thing, if today you think that maybe I've been actually following you around before I wrote this sermon and you're starting to look around like, Did he, is he preaching to me this morning? Write these pieces of Scripture down because you need them on your daily basis. These pieces of Scripture will help you when, ladies, when you get against the grain again this week. After you've been with the grain and you want that, I've got to get back with the grain, I've been following. These pieces of Scripture will help you get back with the grain. It's an amazing thing. A couple pieces. This one is, is uh, from 2 Peter verse one or chapter 1, verse 3. Peter says this, by his divine power, the word power is a Greek word dunamis, and the word dunamis is where we get our word, our English word dynamite. This is not like the kind of strength where you lift a a heavy object up slowly. This is the kind of strength that is explosive, that overpowers anything that's around it. This is a huge amount of strength. By his divine power. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Where you sit today, with your brain chemistry, with your addictive behavior, with your propensity to kind of follow the wrong crowd, with your attitude set, with your intellect, with your IQ, you have everything you need to be the person God intended for you to be. Now, I said at the beginning, I believe in you. It's not me being Tony Robbins up here and just being a happy... That's not what that is today. 
man, I'm going to have the Boy Scouts and Tony Robbins after me. I'm in trouble. (laughs) It's not me believing in you. It's me believing the Bible. It's me believing God and what he says about you, that you have everything you need. No matter what's been brought into your life, no matter how bad it's gotten, no matter how bad you are, no matter how dumb you think you are, no matter how smart you think you are, no matter how awful the things you've done are, no matter how great the things you have done are, you have it in you today to be who you want and who God intended for you to be. We have reached all of this. This is where I'm going. We have reached this. This is what Peter says. I'm going to read it again because I want you to make sure you get the connection. By his divine power, by God's power, not by you being a better person, not by you getting up and trying harder. You got that? By God's power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this. We have gotten this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. We have gotten this power. We have received this power from God by getting closer to him, which is what happened yesterday to you ladies, is it not? We received it. We get this power by getting closer, by knowing him more. And then Ephesians, Paul says this, through his mighty power, that's the same word. This is why I love the Greek language. I know I'm a geek. But that same word, dunamis, that's up there, the divine power, is the same word that's used here. There are 18 words for power in Greek. He, these two authors use the exact same word, this dynamite, through his dynamite power at work within us. This is not the strength to get the bar up one more time in the gym, right? This is not just, I can endure. I've got a really good friend that has asked me to send him one word a day because he's going through some anxiety and depression in his life that's so severe it's crippling. And I called him on the phone twice and gave him one word, and he said, would you just get up in the mornings and send me this one word? It's changing me. And the, the, the word I sent him this morning was thrive. See, the, the kind of power here is not, it's not about endurance. The kind of power that God's talking about here is not about just surviving your life. That's what my friend is doing. He's just surviving. Just one, one step at a time, one breath at a time. And his counselor has even said, just... Just get through the moment. Hey, what kind of life is that? Get through one crappy moment at a time. That's what I'm supposed to have in my life? I want you to know, that is a lie from the enemy. That is not the life that God intended for you to have. And if you're living a life where all you're doing is trying to survive the moment, you have missed the point and you're living against the grain. God says, this power doesn't come from you. It is the power that created the universe. It is that dynamite that lives within you. Through this mighty power at work within us, He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. I'm not kidding. I want you to write these down. They're going to be on the website this week, but I want you to write these down. If you're listening online, if you're sitting here today, write these down. When you feel like your job in life is to survive, you remind yourself that it's not. It's about thriving. Here's what we're going to do. Because this is a math problem. I'm not a math genius, but this is a real easy math problem in some ways. Here's what the Bible says, and here's what I have found to be absolutely true in my life and in the lives of the people around me, that you minus God are not enough. 
Now, you're enough. If you, if you just decide you're going to get up tomorrow morning and you're going to try harder, you're going to do better, you don't need God, you're just going to do the best you can do. I know some really smart people, some really strong people who survive that way. They get through the moment that way. I know some people who are not connected to God, who won't accept Jesus, who won't connect to God, but who really, really strong and survive barely at times. They break down in quiet moments. And I'm going to tell you that I'm not near that strong. I'm not near that smart. And here's the truth. You minus God are not enough. It's inconsistent. You know that. You try hard, and just when you think you've got it, you fall. I see this all the time with smoking and nicotine habits and addiction. People go, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to get this patch. I'm going to get this whatever. And the problem is that they're going against the grain. The problem is not nicotine. The problem is not even addiction. It's life. It's not sustainable. It's pushing against the grain. Now, here's, here's what I want to convince you of today. That you plus God, plus what I'm going to call, and this is cheesy and dumb, and if somebody preached this at me this morning, I would laugh at them, okay? So you're free to laugh at me. But you'll remember it, and that's why I did it. You plus God plus what I'm going to call a battle buddy. I told you it was stupid and cheesy, but you won't forget it. That is somebody to battle with. Part of what was in the power at Jack's cabin yesterday. 20 women, 20 battle buddies. I'm going to ask you to start thinking. Somebody came into your mind just now, and if not, then I want to help you find somebody. Somebody to do life with. To battle with. My friend who I'm sending text messages to, one word a day. It's, it's changing him and it's changing me at the same time. I, I want you to find one buddy through this whole thing. Because God, you plus God plus a battle buddy equals change. It's not you squinting, trying to be better. It's not you trying to be harder, trying to have more peace. I'm just going to grit through it, and I'm just going to believe, and I'm just going to... It's you just going with the grain, and when you do, it equals life change. It's easier than it seems. Now, that sounds like health and wealth gospel almost this morning, doesn't it? It's easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's easier than it seems. I know this to be true. I've got a friend who was a preacher who was far from God. You know that. You, you know that that's very possible and the case in a lot of cases. Preacher who was far from God, a great preacher, but not connected to God at all. And I knew him, and I knew what his life was like outside, and I knew who he was, and he had just this temper, and he had a lot of problems, and he had a lot of issues in his life, and you're just one of those guys you didn't want to be around, like preachers sometimes. And, um, and all of a sudden, I mean all of a sudden, it seemed to me, I ran into him, and everything looked different. He talked different. He didn't try to impress me with his latest golf score. He didn't try to tell me. He wasn't telling me about him. He was asking me about me. And there was this sense that, like, man, I, I almost feel like you have an, a twin, and, you know, this is the wrong guy I'm talking to. And I, I just, it was so obvious. I said, Gary, are you, are you okay? Are you taking something? Because that's what we assume. He's on something. I said, he said, No. He said, he said I'm, I'm, I'm great. And I'll never forget this conversation, and I'll never forget this phrase. He said, he said I, I preached 21 years, then I became a Christ follower. I didn't believe it for 21 years. He said, I was preaching a sermon. This sounds really awful, but I totally understand what he means. I was preaching a sermon, and it came time for the invitation. 
And I said, if you're struggling with this today, if you're not who you want to be, you come forward today. And he said, I said the same things I always did. And he said, I took one step off the stage and I turned around and I came forward. And he said, the elders came and they prayed over me and I became a Christian. I became a Christ follower after 21 years of preaching. I said, well, how are, you, how are you living like this? He said, I don't know. I said, well, you know, you know the habits that you've had. He was, he was always a smoker. And he would preach, and then he would go out to the back and smoke, and he would come back out and preach in between, serv- in between cigarettes. I mean, he, just, he was totally addicted. He said, are, are you still smoking? I quit smoking. Completely? Cold turkey? Cold turkey. Why did you, how, was that hard? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of for a couple days. But he said, honestly, I'm not sure my life's ever been as there's been as much ease in my life as there is right now. It's almost like going with the grain. See, I'm not saying this today just because it's in the Bible, because truthfully, I have a faith problem, and sometimes I, have some, I read something and my brain starts going, you know what, these guys lived a long time ago, and maybe life isn't like that anymore. And so I have to try to kind of compare what I see, and I see it all around me. When people get it, it changes the way they live. It's easier than it seems. It's sustainable. You can keep it moving. Ran into Gary. That was about 15 years ago that I, I saw Gary, and I ran into Gary a couple years ago um, at another convention, and I thought, what am I going to see? Oh, man, it was the Gary that's a Christ follower. It's sustainable. You can keep it moving. And it's the way things were meant to be. My son, Reese. I love Reese. Um, you know, sometimes I laugh about Reese make it, having a hard time with choices. Um, this week, wasn't, I wasn't laughing with Reese. I was crying and not hope, hoping he didn't notice. Um, in the car, he sat with me. And those of you who know me well know I have a serious problem with anxiety. I have for a long time. And thanks to God and thanks to getting with the grain, I'm, I'm off of medication and I am headed with, to an anxiety-controlled <laughs> I'm not surviving. I'm thriving with anxiety. And I'm telling you, if you struggle with anxiety and depression, come see me because I'm, I can prove to you that this, it gets better when you go in the right direction. But there's a propensity in us. and we, Scientists have figured this out and biologists have proven that there is a propensity in some of us to have anxiety. It's hereditary. It's set in our brains. And Reese and I were talking. It was just he and I in the car. And he said to me, Dad... I mean, we were just having a normal conversation. It was about animals. And then all of a sudden he said, Dad, sometimes when I get up and I go to school and sometimes when I go to church, I'm really, really nervous. He's five. And it just hit me. And he's got what I got. He's got the hereditary thing. And we started talking and I, I got this panic in me. Like, God, give it to me, but don't give it to my son one thing for me it's another thing for my five-year-old son it's not the way things are supposed to be now what i can do with reese is i can help him survive that's what people do isn't it go to the counselor they help you get through the moment they help you survive and there's some need for that but what i want reese most to do in his life as a five-year-old kid is not survive his anxiety It's be who he was intended to be. So what a terrible dad I would be. Knowing what I know about my own anxiety, if I said, well, what you need is some Xanax, buddy. I'm not saying you don't need it if you've got anxiety. But I know that's not all you need. 
What a, what a terrible dad I would be if I said, well, what you need, buddy, is you need to go through these steps to get through the moment. That's a great thing, and you should use them if you have any anxiety, but that's not all you need. Because all that does is help you survive. What you need is to thrive. I need to be the dad that says, buddy, I'm going to lead you to the only hope. And I'm telling you today, I would be a terrible preacher if I stood up here today and told you that what you needed was Xanax. If I told you that what you needed was a steps to getting better, a nicotine patch, a little cigarette that smokes, but it's really not smoke, it's just vapor. that's not what you need. It may help you get to where you need, but what you really need is a power from a different place. It's a life with the grain. And if you walk out of here today and you choose not to walk with the grain, don't be surprised if all you can do is survive. So here's the way you get it. And I told you I was going to be real practical with this. If you're going, okay, John, you sold me. I want to get with the grain. I want the, di- I want the dynamite power. I want that kind of power in my life. These are four ways. I'm not telling you that these are the only ways in the Bible. These are four ways that I've picked out of the Bible today to share with you that you can get the power of God this week. You can change the way you're living. You can move it from your power to God's power and change the way you're living. The first is prayer. And that might sound churchy, it might sound religious, but I can tell you if you don't have the power of God in your life, you're not praying on a regular basis because prayer is incredibly powerful. And I can help you. I can help you. If you don't like it, if you don't know it, if it's weird, if you don't know what to say, if you don't know how to do, come find me, come find Rick, go find somebody who just said amen because they know. And it's amazing the way it changes who you are and the way it changes where you get your power. Secondly is this, take risks to get with the grain, to be obedient to God. Take risks. Here's what I mean by that. Often we believe that if, if we move in this direction, if we don't go out on Friday night because I know I have a propensity to, to drink like crazy and I can't stop with one, I've got to have a whole case and a case leads to a keg and a keg leads to the stuff on the top shelf and at 3 o'clock in the morning I don't even know who I am anymore. And you go, you know what, but I'm going to miss out on so much fun. But all those people, and it's so fun, and it's so, yeah, you remember what it feels like when you've got your head in the toilet next morning? Fun, isn't it? Oh, but, but it's worth it, John. It's, let me tell you, here's the risk I'm going to ask you. Maybe you are missing out on some fun Friday night. Maybe you are missing out on that, that charge that you get with a cigarette, or the opposite, the calm down you get with a cigarette. Maybe you're going to miss out. I'm, I'm going to tell you today that when you miss out, When you sacrifice something, when you risk missing out, there is a power that comes from God. And I can tell you story after story from the Bible and story after story in my own life. When you say, I know it's the right thing to do, I'm probably going to miss out on something. I'm going to choose it because it's God's way. You get a different power inside you. It is different. And I'm telling you, you don't have to believe me, just try it this week. One little thing. Third way you get power from God is not giving up. And the way I explain this is uh, it's going to happen real soon with little Kenzie. We're going to look at Kenzie. She's going to be walking real soon. And we're going to see her walking. And all these little babies around here walking. It's going to get crazy. But here's what happens. And this is you and God, me and God. We see the little baby walking. And they're just, whoa, whoa. And then they fall down. We go, like this one right here. Look at this. Exactly. And you know what we do? We go, oh, look at him. When you try it on your own, 
God looks down. It's cute. But not possible yet. You need my power. So this is what happens. Might not happen right now. But this is what's going to happen with your baby, with Kenzie, with all the little babies in here. At some point, you're going to put your little finger out, your, your one finger out, and they're going to grab hold. And they're going to get power from a much stronger source. They're going to think they're doing it themselves. They're going to, hey, look at mom, I'm walking. No, you're not. It's me. But you know what? You think. This is the picture. And when you don't give up, God just reaches down a little harder. When, 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 the fing, when his finger isn't enough, he gives you his arm. And when his arm isn't enough, you can put your arm around him. And when you can't possibly move your legs, he just carries you. It's not just a spiritual poem. It's not just a fun thing to say. It's the way God works. And you can try it. And then finally today, I'm going to ask you to get a battle buddy. That's going to drive me nuts because it's a stupid thing to say. But you'll remember it. Find somebody to battle with. Whatever it is in your life, find somebody that will hold you accountable, that will love you no matter what, that won't judge you, that will move you. Come find me if you don't have one of those because they're everywhere and I'll help you find one. Look at this. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so God can heal you. You need any more proof? When a believing person prays, great things happen. When you pray for each other, God looks down and goes, "Mm, that's the way I intended life to be. That's life with the grain. And if you need proof, go to James 5.16 read that whole thing. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Band, you can come up. I went a long time today. You'll be all right. Here's here's today's things. I want you to remember this. I'm going to put these out on the website. If you want something you've never had, if you want to be the kind of person you've never been before, you have to do, you have to be willing to do something you've never done. I'm going to give you an opportunity just to try this this week. And here are the three things I want you to try this week. Okay? Three things. And you can do this every day. The first is to pray. If you've never prayed before, come find me or go out to just type in uh, New Life CC, Paragon New Life CC, um, dot org, and I will, you, you'll see it right there. I'm going to give you some steps to pray. There's all kinds of opportunities for you in your life to pray, and you need to get on it immediately. Pray. Find a battle buddy. Find somebody. Somebody you can battle with. Somebody who can hold you accountable. Somebody who can help you. Somebody you can just talk to. And then finally, every time you get a chance this week, you just say to yourself this, me plus God plus a buddy, equals life change. I'm not just surviving. I'm going to thrive. So I'm not asking you to quit this week. I'm not. I hesitate whether to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's going to be people standing out in front of the church smoking this morning when we're done. I'm not asking you to stop. I'm not. There's going to be people this week putting things on Facebook in this church. Gossip. Junk that isn't necessarily gossip, but it's just junk. You're going to walk out of here today and you're going to do the same thing you did coming in, probably, a lot of you. Myself included. But I want you to stop thinking. I want you to stop and think about it this morning. And I want you to stop and think not just about stopping what you're doing, but changing the way you live your life completely. 
choose to go with the grain. I give you a chance this morning to do that. You can do it right where you are. You can say, God, I just, and this is the thing I love about God, that he knows what I preached. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what's in your head. You don't have to make up a big eloquent prayer to God this morning. All you have to say is this, God, I want to do life with the grain. Whatever, would you show me what that means today? I want to do life with the grain. See, I just helped you with your prayer. That's all you have to say. God, help me do life with the grain. I'm going back there. If you need anything this morning, I'll be ready. But it can just be between you and God. Would you stand with us and sing this this morning?